of the 8th to the 10th of October. All right, so at number 10, still holding on, right? Ah, her voice was just ill. It's Aretha Franklin and respect. So this is from uh, Lesnil Tommy. We got Jennifer Hudson as Franklin. Woo! Yeah, I mean, Forrest Whitaker's in there, Marlon Waynes, Titus Burgess, Mark Maron. It's a stacked up film, people. At number nine, I don't even know this one, but it's Deadly Cats. Okay, so it's from Rachel Carvey. Um, yeah, I, I believe it's a comedy. Right, set in uh, Dublin. So, um, yeah, I don't know, people. Bro, it could be worth checking. All right. So, that means at number eight this week, we have Charlotte Mira Putt. Three. I have to admit, I missed Charlotte Mira Putt one and Charlotte Mira Putt two. But, hey, it, 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 if it got a third one, Right, it must be certain, must be certain. And this is from uh Janjit Singh, so uh, yeah, no Bollywood action for you. And that means at number seven, stay away from those mirrors and do not repeat the name. But it is Candyman, and this is from Nia Dia Costa. So, um, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, I hear it's good. I'm looking for a, forward to a Marvel stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, there you go, right? Which means at number six, hey, it's still in the uh, charts. It's Sean Levy with Gang. Hey, it's free, guy, right? I do believe it's also on uh, Disney Plus now, people. So uh, if you if you don't want to venture out, hey, you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Which means at number five, all of you Soprano fans, the many saints of milk. Right, so many saints of Lewis from Alan Taylor. You know what I mean? For Dark World, hey, he did game, he did a chunk of Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's a little origin journey right here. At number four, now we have got those pesky. Puppies, it's Paw Patrol the movie from Carl Bunker. 
So we are now into our top three. And number three, it is Daniel, well, Destin Daniel Creighton. You know what I mean? We've got Simi Lou. We've got Aquafina. Oh, man, Michelle Yu and the gang. It is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And, yeah, we spoke about it a few weeks back. It is fire. <laughs> At number two, people, Greg Tierman and Conrad Venom bring us that weird, creepy family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the Kumars. I mean, it's the Adams family, people. Adams family, too. So, number one on the charts this week. It is the last outing from Daniel Craig. Which means James Bond in the house. No time to die, people. From Corey Joy Fukamuja. I'm... I don't know how to pronounce his name. I feel I've said it. Well, I know I've said it wrong, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Hey, we've got the full gang, Anna, Anna Diamas, Craig. We've got um, Leah Sadu, Ralph Fiennes, Remy Malik, Ben Wilshaw, Naomi Harris, Lashara Lynch. Hey, hey, I do want to check it. You want to check it for real? So, um, yeah, people, there we go. So, the question now is, are you ready for this week's films? You are? All right, sit back. Let's go. Okay, people. So, let's start this one off with, um, yeah. So, parallel universes have been a staple of sci-fi, right? The amount of different, you know, things that we've seen, you know, Quantum Leap, we've got The Prestige, you know, just to name a couple of things, right? But it's always interesting to see people's take on this. So... Um, I checked out the new film that has just hit Prime Video. Um, it's directed by Isaac Esban and Scott Blazak wrote it, and that is Parallel. It is produced by Garrick Dion and Matthias Melahus. Cinematography is Karim Hussan. It's edited by Ben Badum. Music is Eddie Lan. Um, and our cast, well, we've got Amil Amin as Devin. Martin Wallerstrom as Noel. Georgina King as Alina, Mark O'Brien as Josh, Alisa Diaz as Cameron, Kathleen Quinlan as Marissa, 
Uh, David Harewood is Devon's father. And Shannon Chan Kent is Jessica. Right, so uh, yeah, that's our cast, people. Now, the gist of the film is this a group of friends stumble upon a mirror that serves as a portal to a multiverse, but soon discover that importing knowledge from the other side in order to better their lives brings increasingly dangerous consequences. Which I don't know if that's wholly true, you know, right? I mean, there's definitely consequences, but is that because of the information or is that something else? You know what I mean? I mean, that's the big thing with that one. So the film opens up and we've got an older couple, right? Older couple in bed. And um, they're looking at a picture, right? Looking at a picture which is, I mean, there's there's two versions and one is slightly different to the other one. Now, I would say you can clearly see that they're both, they're two separate photos. But, I mean, they're using the same colours. It's basically the same scene, but there is a difference, Right. But, you know, I think the whole thing is they are pretty much the same. That I mean, That's what we're, what's being set up here, right? It, it's an analogy for the film. So a woman goes downstairs, sees, you know, they think, oh, the dog was hungry. But the dog, no, dog ain't hungry. Dog ain't hungry. But as the woman bends down, we see a reflection in a mirror. Bum, bum. And um, yeah, so this opening sequence is all a bit like, hmm. And I think that opens things up for the film to come, right? So we're now with, um, oh gosh, I think we're with Josh and Devon. Right, they're trying to pitch an app to an organization, trying to pitch this app, and um, yeah, it doesn't quite go to plan, doesn't quite go to plan because the company wants it sooner than they can potentially deliver, or You mean like, uh, yeah, the, we, we realize later on that um, maybe something could happen here. Maybe something could happen. So, uh, yeah, they, they feel dejected. Everything's a bit like, ah, but it seems like they've spent a while going into this. But you're not quite sure because, you know. There is a slight um, disagreement, right? There's a slight disagreement, and Devon's just like, ah, you know what? I, I've been offered a job. I might just take that. And we get this argument with reference to stuff, but it's stuff we never really find out about, right? 
So it does. I didn't think it did make the scene a little clunky. You, there's, I think you could have finessed it a little bit more. But, you know, it's fine because, you know, it's essentially leading to a situation. Right. And so because of this. Right. They, they, they start arguing. And there's a tussle. Devon stumbles up onto a mirror. Oh, no, because they one of them throws something. I think Josh. Or no, no, I think throws something at Devon, hits the wall, causes a crack, which then has Lena see, hold on, there's something weird here. She looks through, notices, it's another room. There's another room. So they break down the wall, because that's what you do, right? Break down the wall, find an, a huge-ass room, which... The thing with the huge house, because literally, what the space they find is larger than the space they were in, right? They're in the laundry room. They find this thing. So you do kind of wonder to yourself, wait, what? How did you not, you know, because I think when you look at the, the, the size of your living space, <laughs> you would have thought that hold on, if this is here and this is here, then shouldn't there be something else, right? You would have thought you'd work that out, right? Like a small little box room, that's easier to hide. But something this size, you're just like, I don't know how you could not think to yourselves, something ain't right with the way this house is laid out. But anyway, that's what happens. So they stumble on this. And, yeah, inside in this new room, they're looking at stuff. Devin stumbles, falls on t against the mirror, and he goes inside. He kind of gets sucked slightly into the mirror. And that so that leads them to this discovery that the mirror is a window. It's a transportation device. Right? Transportation device. Now, I would say, you know what I mean? Because they are curious now. They're all curious, but they're like, oh, but what if, what if? Now, I think the obvious, they didn't do the obvious thing. The obvious thing, right? Which I think with everything we've seen, the different films, you know, there's books, there's TV shows, so the obvious thing, tie a rope around your waist. You know what I'm saying? Tie a rope around your waist. One person goes in. If they feel you pull them out, like that would have been the thing. That doesn't happen. And you do want, like, why wouldn't you do that? Like with all them peoples up in that room, no one makes this suggestion, which I did think was a little weird. But, you know, they, they, they go, they find out that time works differently, obviously, but that's always the thing, right? Always the thing. And it's always, you know, not much time's gone here, but a load of time goes there. That's usually the case, right? But uh, yeah, so they find this, which then 
opens up possibilities for them. They they, they realize that. They realize, oh, okay, okay. I think one of the things, though, with this, because they realize that if you one person goes through and then someone else goes through after, they're not going to be in the same place, right? So there's that. So you're like, okay. So to go through and be in the same place with someone, you have to hold hands, right? Or connect to yourself somehow. But I think one thing that you is never quite clear is how do you navigate this, right? And how would you know where you are? Because, the, you know, they're coming in and out all the time and they're doing all of this stuff. But you're just like, all right, but how do you know where you are? And if you're going back to a place that you've been before, you know what I mean? Because they're going in and out doing all of these things. But yeah, it's, it's, that is a bit like, wait, hold on a second. How do you get back to the place which you've already been? Right, because they're doing that. So then, how do you choose a new? Yeah, is there's all this stuff that just isn't quite clear. They don't really make the uh, yeah the mechanism of the device clear, which then does mean they can just do whatever the fuck they want. But then it does make you wonder. It does make you wonder, and it makes things a little convenient at times. Right, but yes, so this happens, and as you imagine, right, we see people change and shift and do all of this stuff. Now, I will say there there is a a big incident that happens, right, in at the end of the first act, beginning of the second act, whichever way you want to look at it. Right, this thing happens. And what it seems like, you know, I mean, it seems like to, I would say, the viewer, and it, I mean, because it did to me, that some shystiness went down, right? That, you know, the thing that someone was asked to do that they didn't do, which then leads to calamity, calamity. Clamity, clam, 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 clamity, 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 calamity, problems. It leads to problems, right? So, with that, you think, how has that never got revisited? You know what I mean? How did that never get? Because if the thing was done, why did they never turn up, right? Like, that's, you know, because it leads to this thing. And you're thinking, huh, that, yeah, it's like this thing escalated to a point which you feel it didn't need to get to, right? So it was interesting that it got to that point, right? It went that nuts. But, hey, I don't know. But that then, it lets you see issues are coming, 
right? And we're seeing these characters shift and change. It's curious how some of them suddenly start doing certain things, right? I, I, I think there is that, right? They don't make a lot of these things clear. Oh, and I will say, the, the thing that leads to this big situation, you do ask yourself, wait, how did this person miss this other person? Right? That's not that very clear. Because you think, come in, they would have seen, why wouldn't, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know how you miss these things. It's, yeah, it, it, it was a bit odd, right? It, it was a whole oddness that seems to be there just to drive us to this next point. But without a lot of thought about, hold on, in this situation then, surely this must happen in this way, right? Mm. But yes, they, you know, there are holes. <laughs> like there are definitely holes in the piece, which is a shame, right? Because I, th I think it's definitely, it's an interesting spin on this concept, right? But I think it's not necessarily utilized to full effect. You know, it, it's it's that whole Star Trek thing of envisioning a future, but not being able to envision things that much different to what we already have. You know what I mean? It's like future tech. We see a lot of future tech, but you're like, wait, why the fuck is it that big? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're inventing this stuff, why? Like, there's something a bit like a Kindle, right? And we know you can get the tiny Kindles and, you know, the small iPads and, you know, the, the larger touchscreen phones, right? The Samsons, the iPhones, all of that. <coughs> oh, pardon me. So the size of this iPad, you know, e-reader thing, that's fine because we're like, right, we already know we can do that. But then these other things, kind of huge, you're like, hmm, why so big? <laughs> like, why would they... Why would you invent it that big when we know we can invent things mad small right now? You know what I mean? That was the interesting, I think, thing about this. Right? We also see it takes a few of them to do a thing at one point in the film. But then we're meant to believe that, oh, only one of them ha is, it, it just only needs one of them to do the same thing later on in the film. Would you like, hmm, how? Like, how the fuck is that possible now, right? It's a little odd, definitely a little odd, but what can you do? What? 
can you do? You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know, people. I think if you if you want something a little sci-fi, you know, you could throw this on late at night if you don't really want to think. Um, but yeah, don't expect. I wouldn't say expect anything on the lines of an inception because it ain't there. You know, they they it tries to get a little bit trippy at the end, but again, there's not the clarification for how, right? How would this thing be possible? Because the the mechanics, as I said, are never explained at the start, right? And that's, and you don't, obviously, you know, they discovered this thing, so you don't, wouldn't have to be like, well, obviously, this blah, 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 but you're planning it out, right? So you would think they'd be like, Okay, so right, this works if we if we go through like this, then we can do this because they they did the thing of going through separately and then go, oh, we need to hold hand to go through. So you can see that they would have be doing, you know, going like, oh, how can we make this work? So you then would think it'd be like, all right, how do we get to this time? How do we get to this place? And how do we do? You know what I mean? I think that's missed. So when these things happen later on, it does seem a bit like, mm, that's convenient, isn't it? Right? Which I think detracts from the end. You know, I mean, if, if you wanted to make the end super like, yo, you, you should have given us that explanation earlier in the film. But, you know, these things happen. But yes, Parallel, it's on Prime Video, people. So yeah, if you want some sci-fi in your life, you know what I mean, something a little easy, then maybe this is for you. Okay, people, so up next is a Chilean film over on Netflix, people. It's an adaptation of a book of the same name. It is Fever Dream. Okay, people. So uh, there is a new film just come to Netflix called Fever Dream. Now, it's an adaptation, right? It's an adaptation of a uh, 20, or was it 2014 book? from Samantha Schweblim, who I had come across through uh, the Mad Booker Prize. You know, most years I've been going to the Mad Booker, and she's had a, a, a couple of stories, right? This one and uh, a later one up in the uh, contention. So it's based on her book, right? So it is... Um, from director Claudia Loosa, and she co-wrote the screenplay with uh, Schweblin. Okay, so uh, yeah, I mean the cast we have Maria Valadere as Amanda, we have Dolores um, Fonzi as Carla. Uh, German 
Pelosi as Omar, uh, Gilbero Plerig as Marco, have Amelia Vodavokic as David, um, Gilmina Sobies Laita as Nina, uh, Marcelo Michanez as David as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the gist of the film is this. A young woman named Amanda lies in pain while a young teenager named David urgently questions her, forcing her to unravel the truth of what happened to her. She is not his mother and he is not her son. Together they will reveal a disturbing and evocative tale of broken souls, an invisible lurking terror, and the fragile friends that bind parents and children. So, yes, it's kind of like a psychological thing, right? Um, now, I, I do think, right, there are... Um, because this is a a Spanish film, you know. Um, the director, she's uh, Argentinian, right? And it was filmed in Chile. So it is a foreign film, right? And it just so happens that, you know, Netflix, I, I, I enjoy the fact that they do put a lot of the foreign content up with... Um, you know, different audio tracks, right? So, you know, if, if you can't read subtitles, then there is the still the opportunity to watch a lot of this stuff, which is, you know, that's solid, man. But I do think that there are times when, like, if you're not watching something in its foreign language, you know, it's it's actual language you may lose some of the impact right I, I I think that seems to be you know there's I I watch squid games right it irritated me <laughs> I but I think some of that may be the the, the dubbing rather than the actual thing now I, I think even if I'd watched been able to watch the subtitled original version, it still would have irritated me, but not for all the same reasons. You feel me? And so with this fever dream, there is some of it that I do think maybe we got lost, right? Because it's very interesting, right? I did like the way they structured the film, you know, because instead of doing the traditional flashbacks, this was this kind of interrogation, not interrogation. You know, she's getting dragged along in a boat. And, and all these questions. And she's like, David, I don't know. He's like, there's something you, you, you're forgetting. Give me all the details. Try, go back. Go back to that time when you first met my mom. Right? Well, he says neither, not mom. But. So we then go back to that and we kind of see this thing play out. Then it'll be like, oh, no, it can't be there. Go back to this point, 
or go back to the beginning again. We don't have much time. And then we get to see all of these events, which I thought was a, a very good way of doing it, right? It's interesting. It was kind of like, remember in, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, you know, because we'd had a few reboots of Spider-Man. Obviously, Tobey Maguire was first. Then we had Andrew Garfield, right, which then just retold a lot of the stuff that we'd already seen just a few years before. So when you had, um, you know, the, the new the homecoming and into the Spider-Verse, you did fear, oh, please, please don't, don't do that retread, right? And homecoming didn't. And into the Spider-Verse, it gave you a flashback of the stuff, but in that really smart, clever way. Right. And I so I enjoy a film that plays with giving you certain information that you know probably know, right? But there's a few people that don't. So how do we give you that information without having to bore people? So I yeah, I thought this was one of those, right? Uh, relaying all this information in this kind of interesting manner. There is stuff in here that Again, I, I, I'm not sure if it's just the language thing because there, there's certain questions or things that seemed a little repetitive or it, it's just some of the information. Like, I think you have this kid, David, running around the spot, right? And they don't just, just grab hold of him and say, yo, what's the deal, son? Tell me what's going on. Like, it, it's just, oh, look, he's just running around. You're just like, wait, what? What is happening here? You know? Which it, it doesn't really make any sense. You know, and especially at the end, right? You'd be like, wait, why don't you just ask him a question? Because he does talk. It's not like he doesn't talk. He has does talk in the thing. Right, so yeah, it's a little bit odd. There is some weird things going on here, which don't necessarily make any sense. So I think it doesn't quite play out. You know what I mean? Like it looks like you are getting the answers, and then it just kind of ends, and you're just like, what? There's a lot of things are thrown out there, like postnatal depression and all of this kind of thing, which is, yeah, you're like, okay, that kind of make that, you know, it makes sense, right? I get that. But then there's this other stuff, right, that you're just like, I'm a little bit baffled by that. You know, I'm a little bit baffled by that. Is this a metaphor for something? Because we then see some stuff, right? And I don't think this is a spoiler because it is mentioned in a lot of the different copy that's flying around, but like environmental issues and stuff like that. So you do think a lot of this is anal an analogy for, um, you know, pollution and, you know, um, stuff like, you know, dark water 
right? And you had the the waste from the factory going into the water supply. You know, so you're thinking, oh, it's this. Because we see some things that happen, which you're like, oh, so that got on that, which then would mean it gets ingested, which then would mean. So you have these things, you'd be like, right, that makes sense. Okay, okay. Then it goes nowhere. And you don't need this whole thing that then leads into a court case that leads into blah, blah, blah. But then, but just, <laughs> just go from that to, oh, we think this is this. Or something, something that would be like, yes. Because it can't be that all these people in this spot have no clue that this is a thing. Or, right, maybe they that no one's had the money to be able to do all the full testing, but there would at least be a rumor of, there would at least be a, a discussion with the locals of this thing, right, this situation, and we don't get that. So, I don't know, maybe I missed something, right? Maybe I, it was lost in translation or just maybe I'm being mad clueless and I missed all this shit. But yeah, it, it just doesn't quite hit the mark for me in this overall story. But, uh, you know, I, I think, look, if you read the book, Right, you might have a better understanding of this, or if you've read any, you know, any other of um, uh, Schweblin's work, you might be like, yes, no, I understand the way she structures her stories and the way she be weaves in, you know, these metaphors and analogies and all of this. Right, so I mean, if you if you're kind of, um, you know, used to that you may get a greater sense of this story, you know? And even just Argentinian writing in itself, you know, because I imagine there is a different flow to it, like everything, you know, when you go to different countries, their literature, the structure is different, you know? So maybe that is it. So, yeah, I, I could have just missed it, people. But, you know... It's the joy of storytelling, right? Not every story needs to be for you. You know what I mean? Not every story needs to be for you. So, people, um, Fever Dream is there. You know what I mean? Right? How do you feel? Do you feel this could be one for you? You know what I mean? Now, I, 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 I can't think of anything that I've seen on a similar thing, but I will tell you, the films that Netflix will recommend, right? So they say, if you like that, you may like Prey, Get In, uh, The Silence of the Marsh, um, Redemption, Prime Time, Stereo. <sighs> dear, oh dear. Res uh, Menace of the King, Earth and Blood, which 
you may think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if any of these things make any sense. And what I think it does tell you, people, is the Netflix recommendation algorithm is pretty trash. <laughs> the amount of times it tells me, oh, you watch this, you must like this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, there you go, people. Fever Dreams is now on Netflix. So, yo, if it sounds like it could be for you, go enjoy it. All right, and people, we bring it to an end with a uh, a new Megan Fox entry. Um, it is Till Death. Okay, people. So, yo, um, yeah, it looks like a mirror men has two films this week. Yes, yes, yes. Because he is featuring in Till Death. Now, this is the feature directorial debut by director S.K. Dale. Right? Want to be all mysterious with the S.K. <laughs> Jason Carvey writes the script. Um, it is produced by David Leslie Johnson McGriggett, Jeffrey Greenstein, Jonathan Younger, Jana Karavanova, Yariv Lerner, Tana Mobley, and Les Weldon. Uh, the cinematography is Jamie Carney. The music is from Walter Meyer. Uh, the film is, um, it is starring, right? We've got Megan Fox. She plays Emma Webster. Ian McKinnon plays Mark Webster, her husband. We then have Amel Amen, who plays Tom. Um, he works with Mark and, uh, yeah, also been laying it down with Emma, right? We've got Callum Mulvey as Bobby Ray and Jack Roth as uh, Jimmy Ray. He's, I'm assuming it's his brother, right? Maybe it's his cousin, but I, I believe I feel they do say they're brothers, but I'm not, I can't quite remember, people. Can't quite remember. Don't hold it against me. Now, the story is this. Emma is in a stale marriage to Mark and is surprised when he whisks her away to their secluded lake house for a romantic evening on their 11th anniversary. But everything changes the next morning when she finds herself handcuffed to Mark's dead body. Trapped and isolated in the dead of winter, for Emma to survive, she must fight the mysterious killers coming to finish her off. Which, yeah, none of that is quite right. <laughs> it's not quite right. It's, oh, man. Like, <coughs> oh, dear. Harvey people. But it, it it still just baffles me every time 
you read one of these synopsises and it's just like they have so many points of the film wrong. And you're just like, wait, how the fuck do you manage that? Right? How do you manage? Did you watch the goddamn film? All right. Now, yeah, I mean, you know, you could say it's pretty much right. But yeah, like she didn't wake up, find herself handcuffed to a dead body. No, there's more to it than that. Right. So the film, we open up and we have Emma in a hotel room with Tom. Yes, people, Tom, not Mark. No. So they're talking, and it, you know we we find out that yeah, basically they're having an affair, and she's breaking it off. But like you, you don't like it. Doesn't feel like there's anything between the two of them. You know what I mean? It all feels very cold and just which which is fine because those things could be cold if there is no emotions attached. But I think they the film wants us to believe that there are emotions here, right? But, yeah, you do not get that from these two people being in the same room together, you know? So we have this, and she's like, well, meet me tomorrow. She's like, I can't. He's like, why not? He's like, it's our anniversary. So she's like, oh. Then we see her going into work, right? And on her desk, well, on her husband's desk is a uh, folder, right? It's a folder and there's a picture of her beaten up and a, and a guy. So you're assuming, right, yeah, she was in a situation, right? She'd been in a situation. Um, she'd been attacked, something like that, right? Now, one one thing about her walking into the office is, like, her husband's secretary gives her flowers, and it's like, happy anniversary, which kind of felt was weird, right? Because it seems like the secretary was giving her flowers. Now, because if they were from the husband, you would usually get them say, Mark told me to give these to you, Yeah. But, they're but yeah, it didn't seem like they were from him. So it's just like, why the fuck is the secretary giving her flat? It's weird. I just thought that was weird, right? But anyway, they're in the office. Like, she's come to meet him so they can go out, right? And we get this whole situation about the dress she's wearing. It's not his favorite. He likes red, blah, blah, blah. But from this, we, we definitely get the sense that she's very subservient, right? Very subservient in this situation. So they go to dinner. They go to dinner. And um, they're talking. It all seems a bit cold, a bit taut, right? He gives her a necklace, right, to signify because it's, they're, you know, Steel is the anniversary. So he's made this weird steel thing. Um he puts it on. She she gives him Super Bowl tickets, you know? Um and it like he doesn't seem very grateful. So yeah, it, it seems like a, a really weird dinner. And 
yeah, we, we just have him leave them leave the restaurant. He's left the tickets. He's left the tickets behind. Right. So you're like, hmm, this ain't good. Right. But oh, I will say when they when they're leaving the office, right, Tom gets in the elevator, right? And just from this, it's it's pretty clear that Mark knows what's been going on, right? Like, I think they're 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 trying to make it seem that oh, there's like in the in the speech and everything like that that oh, you thought he was gonna say, but no, he really meant. You know what I mean? So it's just like oh, everyone's thinking oh, does he know? But oh no, he doesn't know. But it's it's so ugh, it's so hammy that it, it's clear. He knows, right? He knows. So they're leaving the restaurant and he's like, put on this mask. So he puts on the blindfold and he takes her to this lakeside cabin. Now, what was weird is, right, there's, um, like, she's been very subservient all the way through, all the way through, but now... Right now they're in the car. She's like, oh, "Tell me where we're going. Tell me where you're going. I'm taking this off." He's like, "Don't take it off. Don't take it off." And you're just like, "Listen, right? If she's always scared, you know, always scared. Now we don't know if he puts hands on her, but she's flinching a lot and all of this. So you'd be like, she ain't taking that mark. Like she isn't making a stand here, right?" Like, he made her go home and change her dress. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, hey, this, she ain't going to suddenly, you know what I mean, grow a clit and be like, this is, ugh, I'm putting my foot down. Put my foot down, motherfucker. That ain't happening. You feel me? So, yeah, they arrive at the thing. You know, he's like, oh, wait here. And he, he goes and puts flowers on the floor and all of this, candles all over the shop. She like he put another blindfold on her. She, she takes it off and she follows a trail. You know, there's notes and like, oh, play this. Read this. Right. And one thing is, right, he's like, play this by a record player. So she put turns the record player on and then jumps out her skin when the music plays. When you're like, Wait, the music didn't play by accident. You turned it on, right? Why the fuck are you jumping? That's some stupid-ass shit. It's some stupid-ass shit. But again, it's like women to be, oh, she's so skittish. She's so scared. Ooh. Right, so, yeah, they're in bed. Like, he comes to the bedroom. He's got champagne. They drink the champagne, and they get it on. Right, they get it on. So they wake up. She wakes up the next day. Is you know we've got a bright room, we're an angle, and we come slowly in onto the bed. And she's lying there. He's sitting up, right? He's sitting up. He's dressed, right? Which seems kind of weird. And as she goes to get up, she realizes she's handcuffed, and she's like, "What is happening?" And then he blows his brains out. Right, so that is, yeah, you know what I mean, so yeah, she didn't wake up to handcuff, she woke up to this thing where he blows his head, right, now, we get the perfect blood splatter 
on on the face, right? Perfect blood splatter on the face, right? She's woken up, all put hair still good, you know what I mean? Like, you know, no puffy eye, like looking Chris, all that. Feel me? It's like just one of those stupid, ridiculous Hollywood things that they do. You know, what I mean? they they never had the person look disheveled or just anything. I bet if you smell a breath, it'd be smelling of like uh, peaches or something. <laughs> you know, it's just that stupid thing that always happens. But when you like, as it look, you see how skittish she has been to this point. But the first thing, like she doesn't go wash her face. She did, there's so many things that you'd think, wait, surely you would no, doesn't do all of these things, right? And there's a point where she finds a phone. She, you know, he's got rid of all the a lot of stuff. Though we never see her go to the kitchen and try and get a knife, even though she's by the knives the night before. But we never see her go and try that, right? Which you just think, wait, surely. Surely we're doing like because the place she goes for a weapon first, you know, like that's a whole heap of hassle. <laughs> the kitchen is the first motherfucking place, man. What are you what are you doing? But yeah, like there is so many weird things in this film. You know, like she finds her phone trashed and she goes to turn it on. When I feel Everyone knows. Stick the phone in rice, right? There, there's a there's these certain things that I don't know. It's just in the ether. Like everyone has an inkling of. Now you may not ever have done it, right? But you know someone that has, or you know someone that's you know, someone's friend who has, or maybe you saw it in a program, or just something, but yeah, you put the phone somewhere to dry off, right, so, like, just the fact that doesn't happen, right, so there's all these weird, 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 weird things that go down, and, like, obviously, Mark is, you know, he's orchestrated this big thing, orchestrated this thing, we kind we do find out why he did it, because you know, oh, it ain't just because he thought, oh, she's cheating, right, it ain't just because of that, but there's got to be something, and we find, we get a, a clue of that, what that thing is, but it just see, still seemed really, just an odd thing, just an odd thing to happen, but he's, you know, he's called Tom to the place. And, right, so there's two things. She shouts at the body. She shouts at Mark's dead body at one point, right? And it's just like, oh, it's not like you've not had an affair, right? But then you can do things to yourself. Yeah, but did he fuck people in, like, that you knew? <laughs> I mean, there is that, like, no affair is a good affair. But if you're not trying to get caught, you ain't fucking someone that your husband works with, right? It's just stupid, stupid. 
But yeah, you know, she's been all submissive, meek. And then as soon as Tom arrives, she starts shouting at him and being all like, and you're just like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't believe you would do that, right? You're a shrinking violet. And now we're meant to believe that all of a sudden you've grown a pair? No. No. Like, shit, don't go down like that. You really don't go. And if anything, she's going to be more in her shell because she's in shock. You know, it, it was just dumb. But, like, the, this next sequence is just... The way it all played out, it was just stupid. There's some stupid-ass shit. It didn't need to happen. It, it was dumb. All of this bit was dumb. But, yes, there, there's these people that are now after her. And, again, doesn't really make sense. Because it's snowy, right? They're in this lake house it's covered, the place is covered in snow, right, snow and ice, now, here's the thing, snow, footprints, <laughs> you know, footprints, like trails, like there's no hiding, and like there was no attempt to hide, so there's not really a bit like, oh, I wonder where this person is. Because all you have to do is look around and be like, oh, yeah, must have walked over there. Oh, look, there's fresh drag mark. <laughs> it's just, like, you're like, what? <laughs> so, there's, yeah, there's so many holes in this. Now, and, and like, you know, from the, the folder that we see her pick up at the beginning of the film. So we know she's been, uh, you know, she's been through the process. She's, you know, been in the courts. She's dealt with situations, all of that kind of thing. So the the fact that, you know what I mean, there's certain things that happen. You're thinking, well, there's fingerprints, right? You're destroying evidence. What are you doing here? Right, all stuff that you'd think well she would know, not and not just from her past situation, but from TV, from film, from books, just everything. Right now, do I believe that I could commit a crime just from the information I've watched and read? No, but it does give you an inkling of. Right, it does give you an inkling of, you know, fingerprints and stuff like that. Now, the the stuff we we, uh, you know, learn about in all of these media, it may be wrong, right? Maybe wrong, and maybe there's all these other ways they can find you and all of this. I mean, obviously there are, but you'd think that people would still make the attempt, still make the attempt. So in films like this. Right, if you had the character at least make a half-assed effort at not incriminating themselves, that would be something. It'd be something, you know. But yeah, no, 
she she all up in the I'm gonna fuck this one up, right? But yeah, we we got a case of them trying to find her, her trying to escape, just yada 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 yada. Now here's another point, right? Have you noticed there's it happens in so many films where so like you know bad guys have someone and they're just like well we'll see and then you you have the the, the close of that scene with them punching or hitting but knocking the person out right now i feel what people now understand from boxing from mma just from stuff not all knockouts are the same <laughs> Not all knockouts are the same. So, and also, sometimes a blow to the head, especially with a weapon, with an object, it could well and truly kill someone. But in these films, you see someone hit someone with a hammer, hit someone round the head with a hammer, and then a second later, that person who's been hit is chasing after them. There's no concussion, right? The, the skull hasn't been caved in. There's just all this stuff that you're just like, wait, hold on for a second. You know what I mean? Hold on, people. <laughs> you know, come on, what the fuck are we doing here? So there's that. And I would say from what we kind of see from Mark, as I said, look, he, he seems to be a very possessive person, very much trying to domineer the situation. So are you telling me, are you telling me that on this last night, knowing that in the morning he knows he's going to blow his brains out, that he ain't going to be fucking her up, Right? It, they're not making sweet, sensual love. He's going to be, you know I mean? It's going to be a little brutal, right? I can't, he, he seems like the person who'd be like, um, he's choking her. It's rough. It's going to be rough, right? She ain't waking up the next morning feeling just hungover. Right now, listen, that's not me being weird, but if you set up a character in a certain way, right, you have to kind of play that character out. And it's like the characters don't really get played out. You know, even the, the people after her, right, there's elements of that that you're like, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second, because one seems more apprehensive than the other, which you would then think, okay, if, if this person has these issues with what's going down, wouldn't they have issues with what put the dude in prison in the first place? You know what I mean? You're just like, wait, 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 wait. Isn't that person going to be like, yo... You kind of put yourself in jail, right? And what you did, that ain't cool. That ain't cool at all, right? They're, they're, yeah, there's so many things. And I think the, the last thing, hyperthermia. Hyperthermia. Like ice is slippery. Ice is slippery, 
I mean, we we have read about, we have seen multiple situations where, due to cold and slippery, people get fucked. People get fucked. Oh, that's all I'm saying about that one. But uh, yeah, till death. I don't know, people. They just there's a lot. There's a lot of issues in this film for me. There's a lot of issues in this film for me. You know, just a lack of emotion, right? A lack of believable emotion and believable chemistry between any of our characters, right? A, a, a lack of. I mean, just logical behavioural traits just doesn't, doesn't seem to work, right? And then just, you know, environmental and physical actions, you just feel like, because of these things, it would have to go down like this. But yeah, it, it doesn't, which makes it just a little weird. Makes it a little weird. Now, is this something that you could possibly look? Or you just put it on if you do not want to think. If you want something just easy, right? You want something easy. You want something that's like, you know what? Just some action, some silliness. Then it, it till death will work for you on that level. Right, if you think though that this is an intelligent thriller, mm, it's not that. Right, it, it, it it's not that film, but yeah, it it is, it is mindless, you know, it is mindless and it is silly. So yeah, if that's what you are looking for, then um. You know, yeah, it may work for you, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Trying to think of what it plays out like, um, because the films that you know Netflix will suggest, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if any of those are really. Um, similar, right? It does say drag me to hell, but drag me to hell is a lot more intelligent. I feel, you know, what I mean, it's a lot more intelligent and and crazy. So it it, it doesn't quite line up. You know what I mean, doesn't quite line up, but. I guess if you like stuff like um, Hall, right, um, then possibly, right, possibly it will work for you. I don't know. But, yeah, people, it's on Netflix. And if, if you enjoy, you know, Megan Fox, you know what I mean, then, yeah, give it a go, right? Give it a go. You enjoy seeing her on screen again, okay? So, you know, till death, people. Okay, people, so we have reached that time again. Come to an end of another episode, but 
before we bounce, let's take a look at what is doing its thing in that world of film, right? So, um, DC, right? They're, they're, they're just starting their, um, you know, their, their event day, right? Their event week, whatever it is. I lose track, people. But they've got, they've got their little event popping off. So we're getting... You know, we're starting to get all that DC news, right? There's stuff that people probably anticipated, and then there's stuff that you're like, ooh, what is this? Hell, one of those is the fact that um, Metal Men, right? Hey, that project is reinvigorated, you know, so... um. Yeah, it, it looks like it is out of development hell. And, uh, yeah, they could be uh, bringing it to uh, the big screen, you know? So, um, I mean, it's an interesting one, right? Because it will probably be um, one of those HB, HBO Max things, right? But uh, what is it? So the original comic followed six robots created by Dr. William Magnus. Each of the six was crafted from a single chemical element with qualities that are reflected in their personalities, abilities, and names. Hmm. And it seems like Barry Sonnefield might be the person who is bringing this to the screen. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one, people. Um, now, right, we have got a, a new project from Thomas Alfredonson, right? You know what I mean? Did his thing with Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which was great. But, uh, yeah, now he is... Uh, there's a lot of um, book adaptations at the moment, right? That seemed to be a big chunk of the uh, recent film festival. But, yeah, this, um, Affelderson is um, adapting Mark McShane's 1961 novel, Seance on a Wet Afternoon. Right, with a, a story that follows a self-proclaimed psychic medium who convinces her husband to kidnap a child so she can help the police solve the crime and achieve renown for her abilities. Yo, son, that... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, she is she must be throwing it down in the bedroom to convince someone to kidnap a motherfucking kid, right? If if she lies there like a plank, he ain't doing that shit. You know what I mean? You, you only do something crazy like that if, yo, it is steaming like a motherfucking inferno in the bedroom. Boy, that is, yeah, that's a crazy ass shit. When her true intentions come to light, her husband realizes the plan threatens to consume them. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my shit. 
<laughs> that is insane. So, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. This, this is interesting. Jack Fawn, um, yeah, he, he wrote a script. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see what happens. But Rachel Wise, she's up in the mix with this one. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Okay, so um, now he's he killed it with Lupin, right? Well, I mean, the part one, part two, I think part two got a little bit meh, a little bit lax, but we know that Omar Sai is very talented and he is, um, yeah, he's reaping those rewards with a multi year partnership with netflix right that's what these streaming giants are doing they're snapping up the talent to produce content right and um yeah old Sai is the latest to uh you know reap those rewards so um it's to produce and star in original feature films. Um, you'll also, you know, executive produce stuff. So, um, yeah, sounds pretty nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see. No word on what the first one is, but this is the first deal with a French filmmaker. You know, which is, uh, yeah, you know, they're spreading it around, which is all good. Uh, so we've got a new feature called a Eurostar from um, Ben Ripley. You know, he's written it. Uh, yeah, and it's coming from Studio Chanel and the picture company. It's a sci-fi Right, so um, there's no plot, right? But you know, if you're calling it Eurostar, it's happening under uh, the ocean, I'd imagine, and London and Paris are gonna be involved. You would think, right? You would think. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Studio Ghibli have got a uh, a new thing coming. It's a CG animated feature, Earwig and the Witch, right? Um, and that's coming to Netflix. Hmm. It's coming to Netflix pretty soon as well, it would seem. The 18th of November, right? So, um... It follows a headstrong young girl who grows up in an orphanage. Her life changes dramatically when a strange couple takes her in and she is forced to live with a selfish witch. Mm. <sighs> I mean, is living with a witch better than living in an orphanage, though? You know what I mean? I mean... Like, if Oliver has taught us anything, they're not that great places, right? 
<laughs> so Paul Bettany, he is taken a sabbatical from playing the vision and uh yeah he's developing a film right um it's called harvest moon right and he co-wrote it with dana brown um mark walters is directing and it revolves around a young boy who sees an opportunity to reunite his separated parents while the pandemic shuts down the world. <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm just tired of shit that's, you know, focusing on the pandemic. It's just like, ugh. but, but I will say seven days surprised me. It was very charming. So I am open-minded. We will see what happens. Okay? So uh, we have got a new film coming called Mafia Mama, right? Starring Tony Collette, Monica Belushi, um, Rob... Hubert, right, and Catherine Hardwick is um, directing, it would seem. So Colette stars an American suburban housewife with a sexist pig boss, um, a teenage son desperate to leave, and a philandering musician husband. Her life of domestic madness abruptly changes when her estranged grandfather's trusted concierge, Bianca, uh, calls and gets her to come to Italy for his funeral. After a bloody gunfight breaks out at the event, she learns the truth. Her late grandfather ran the fiercest mafia family in southern Italy, and his wishes are that she takes over as the new boss. Hmm. Not plausible, but could be fun. We'll see. We will see. Uh, so, um, Jennifer Lawrence has a new film coming over at Sony, and it is called No Hard Feelings. Right? So, it is um, from Gene Stopinski, right, who is co-writing uh, the script with John Phillips, and um, Stopinski is directing, no, Phillips is directing, right, uh, it is about um, I don't know what it's about. It's set in New York. That's all I know, people. That's all I know. Okay? But, hey, one thing we do know is, right, John Murphy is, uh, he's handling the score of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, Ty Bates did the first two, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Murphy brings to the table, 
But Murphy worked with Gunn on Suicide Squad, so they have a rapport. So, uh, yeah, all should be gravy on that front, people. And um, after we end with this one, right? So, um, No Way Home, right? That's coming in December. And uh, boy, I cannot wait, right? So, you know, December is really not that far away. So, you know, word is coming, right? And so, um, this being the third Spider-Man film, right? Starring Tom Tom Holland, you know, the uh, collaboration between Marvel and Sony, right? And, uh, yeah. I think it's been rounded out as the end of a sequence, which, you know, it, it, it does make sense, right? You gotta feel it makes sense because I, I these things usually come in threes, right? You you make these as um a trilogy, you know? That that's how this usually works. Um, so yeah, they, they, they're out doing press and all of that, right? And, uh, yeah, interviews have been done, right? So speaking with EU, EW even, Holland recently said, we were all treating No Way Home as the end of a franchise, let's say. I think if we're lucky enough to dive into these characters again, you'd be seeing a very different version. It could no longer be the Homecoming trilogy. We could give it some time and try and build something different and broadly change the films. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But we were definitely treating No Way Home like it was coming to the end now I look this is a huge universe so who knows right but I think it's always smart to uh, you know frame things like this so we will see but people one thing I do know this is the end of another episode so until next time we bouncing baby peace <laughs>